Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every show, we have a great show for you today because we do. We always have great artists on. We don't never put bad ones on here, which of course, in my eyes, there's probably not many bad ones anyway. <laughs> They're all good in their own nature. We have Brian Callahan on, and I've spoke with him a little bit right before the show, and seems like a really great guy. I think you're going to love him and really love his song, Broke It Down, really awesome. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his life, and we're going to talk about getting to know him. So, Brian, are you here? I'm here, buddy. What's going on, y'all? <laughs> pretty good. And yourself? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good, man. Just uh, enjoying the weather. Starting to warm up a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, getting nice bad, out there. That's the, one, that's the one bad thing about with all this corona stuff going on. It's like it's, it's killing our spring. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's right. That's right. And the gas price is so cheap, you know, you still can't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, anyway. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, we actually took a weekend getaway down in Florida this past weekend. We did. Really? Small getaway. I'm actually uh, I'm actually heading my grandparents right now in uh in Georgia, so <laughs> kind of on the road. Yeah, because yeah, we, I'm, we I'm live in Savannah, Georgia. Right <laughs> uh, Savannah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, Savannah. Yeah, I grew up <laughs> We're in a uh, town in uh, Dublin, Georgia. That's where I grew up. Oh, okay. uh-huh. yeah. That's not yeah. too far. So you kind of go through there, going to Savannah. Right. Uh-huh. <clears throat> yep. Yep. So as we get started here, tell us a little bit about who you are. Of course, you. I know you already just said that, but where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Um, I grew up in a little town. Uh, kind of, I grew up in in a, in a little town called Coward, Georgia, but, but really all over Lawrence County. You know, as a kid, <laughs> we kind of moved from yeah. the west side and east side. You know, and um, got into music, man, writing, and learned how. You know, taught myself how to play the guitar when I was around ten. Oh, wow. 10, 11 years old, wrote my first song when I was like twelve, and uh, you know, you think everything's great back then, you know, and of course everybody kind of encouraged you, you know, and you kind of go back and listen to it now, and you're like, man, that was terrible, you know, and your voice was terrible, and just kind of growing, you know, uh, and building, and and uh, started playing the college bars, uh, you know, and at a young age, and uh, or playing where I could, you know, allow me to, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of led from there, you know, and I kind of figured... You know, I was either going to be a country artist or a baseball player, and so the baseball player didn't work <laughs> out. So I'm, a, <laughs> I figured country artist would be a better fit. So, uh, and I kind of knew, you know, when I got up, you know, 17, mm-hmm. 18 years old, that that's where I was going to going to land in Nashville one day. You know, mm-hmm. and writing songs, so, and being a songwriter as so well. So was that the age? So was around 17 when you just realized that that's what you were destined to do? Yeah. Yeah, I started, I mean, I had a handful of songs I've written, you know, and I started mm-hmm. getting a little bit of traction, you know, around that kind of southeast, and, um, you know, I went there and recorded mm-hmm. a few things acoustically and uh, mm-hmm. some songs I've written, and uh, it kind of just kind of got pretty pretty big around, you know, around mm-hmm. Dublin and local area around there, and uh, just started playing um, playing some venues and stuff that, uh, that people were singing my songs, you know, back to me, and I was like, well, hey, mm-hmm. I might have something here, you know. So, <laughs> so um, you said that your first songs were just terrible when you look back. I know every artist says that. So what was the name of your very first song? What was it about? Old Memory. 
Uh, it was about an old uh, uh, middle school, high school slash girlfriend, <laughs> and uh, that's what it's about. So I, I still actually I had made a post on Facebook the other day, and and one of my buddies was like, "Hey man, when are you gonna put out the old memory song?" I'm like, "Dude, that's probably never gonna happen." <laughs> you know? but, so what was uh, the most cheesiest line in it? Um. I'm going back to an old memory, stuff like that. Being at the being at the river and water and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yep, yeah, man. That's funny though. It's People funny they, hear they, that. they remember they remember <laughs> the song better than I do. So <laughs> that tells you the thing. <laughs> but, that, that's funny. So, what's something that you consider unusual about you that other people would find interesting? Man, I can make a cricket noise with my mouth. <laughs> oh, I can't cool. do it real quick. <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on. Let me. I gotta get my lips wet. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Oh wow. I don't know oh, if you can hear it. Really anyway, good. that I guess I that really did sound like that. It did. <laughs> yeah, I used to wear my uh, I used to wear my teachers out with it. They'd be looking for a cricket in the room, and and uh, yeah. never would find one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, who's been some of your musical influences? Probably my biggest. Uh, got to be Keith Whitley. Probably. Um, oh, wow. I got his greatest hits for one year for Christmas mm-hmm. that my mama got me. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'd really just you know I loved a lot of different kind of stuff too, uh, like the Southern Rock, Marshburger Band, Leonard Skinner, and even some old blue stuff like Otis Otis Reddings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, Real old country stuff, but I I'd have to say Keith probably was uh was the one I kinda gravitated to, uh, especially his style of singing and, and songs and stuff like that. Now I usually ask this one usually one of the first questions I asked and I kinda skipped it but I'll go into it now. What are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Because as you know, it does take some balance so that you can keep that passion alive. Oh yeah. I'm a big bow hunter. And I, I, you know, I fish a lot, but mostly I, big turkey hunter, deer hunter, and duck hunter. So, if I'm not singing or riding, I'm I'm usually in a, in a deer stand or chasing a turkey or something like that or duck hunting. So I love it. Like I'm a fanatic about it. So yeah. So have you big always time. done that? I have, man. I kind of, I guess that's the, really like my daddy hunted and my you know my mm-hmm. my daddy's mm-hmm. uh, daddy hunted and my grandpa and. And stuff, but I, I kind of, you know, that's one thing I kind of learned on my own. I, I failed a lot and learned a lot at the same time. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. you know. And I kind of did. Yeah. I don't know. Just really got addicted to it, really. <laughs> and so. you know, like they say um, in life, you you either um, succeed or you learn. Not succeed. That's right. Fail. You succeed or learn. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You're exactly right. And I fail a lot. Because you only fail if you quit. <laughs> Because you only actually right. fail if you quit. That's right. Because <clears throat> yeah. I remember back in 2014, we actually originally launched New Country Buzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd done it for about a year. Things were starting to take off, but it was just so much coming at us at one time back then. So we ended up shutting it down. And it was like a piece of me died that day. And it took mm-hmm. three years for me to finally tell Sandy. I was like, you know what? I think we need to relaunch. Nobody never bought the domain name New Country Buzz. Like, we need to relaunch and finish what we started. Right. And and I just felt like it was something in us. Uh, I mean, there are other things we're we're building out around all mm-hmm. this, but I just felt like something was here. 
and we relaunched and had no idea we were going to do a show like this, and here we are, you're our number 96. So all this kind of is what drives us to keep this thing going. Yeah. What drives you? Man, I actually had a conversation with a good songwriting mm-hmm. buddy of mine, uh, Wim Marble. He's had a ton of hits, written a ton of hits. <clears throat> and we just had the same conversation the other day about, you know, it's hard. Music, anything you want to do, whether it's music or whatever, whatever case may be, mm-hmm. it's hard, you know. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. got to keep, you got to be stubborn. You got to be a little bit stupid. And mm-hmm. and you just got to be, you know, just got to keep going, not never give up. You just got to have that yeah. about you, I guess, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's hard, man. It's hard not, you know, it's, it's easy to give up. <clears throat> Yeah. You know, and, and, and I'm uh, glad you're going here. Um, I was I usually I, I we talk about some high points on our show and then we and then we go to the hard side. I think right. since you're already bringing that up. We'll go there first. We'll flip it this time on our show. Right. And here's mm-hmm. where I want and here's where I want this to go. Um, and I think it's perfect what you just said, um, because I, I think that a lot of times people don't really get the creative mindset of people. Right. So, they they don't see the struggles, the sacrifices. We and I'll tell a little story that where I want this to go. Um, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls back in 2014, and one of the questions I asked Allison was, and at that time they were full time. One of the questions I asked her was, what advice would she give an up and coming artist? And she said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music. Go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, once you want it to be a career or you go full-time, she goes, yes, it's still a passion, but it becomes your job. She goes, there's so much sacrifice that our family has to make. We have to eat different. Mm -hmm. We have to sleep different. We have to exercise different because we have to not be be out of breath on stage. She goes, we have to go through all all the struggles of a rising artist. She goes, there's so much that we have to give up in life to make this dream come true. She says, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way those type of sacrifices right. become worth it. What do you think of what she yeah. said? And let's go there a little bit. She's completely right, man. Um, you know, I've done a lot of stuff I did not want to do to pursue mm-hmm. music, you know, that just kind of yeah. makes you, if you think about it, it mm-hmm. kind of makes you cringe a little bit, you know, like, oh, I don't want to do that again, you know. For instance, I, you know, a lot of people don't know this story because mm-hmm. I, you know, at the time I didn't want anybody to know. But now looking back, it, yeah. it doesn't bother me because I'm not in that place mm-hmm. anymore. But I actually lived in a lawnmower shed for a year. Oh, and wow. uh, it's a good, actually a good buddy of mine uh, that let me live in the shed, Ren Boyer, who uh, <laughs> was in Group Carolina Rain. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. so I, I was like, man, it was, you know, it was pretty rough. It was like a shed from like the nineties, you know, it's old. Oh, wow. you know, so, so it, uh, it, you know, would I want to do it again? No, but I did what I had to do at the time to, uh, yeah. you know, I lived there and yeah. then I moved after leaving there. Uh, my good buddy Cole Swindle and them let me live on their, uh, you know, for a couple of months, I lived on her couch, slept on the couch. Oh, wow. And, uh, before I signed my first deal and, um, yeah, everything kind of, you know, it, it's been still some, you know, hard times in between even yeah. having a, you know, sign my first, mm-hmm. you know, deal or whatnot, but uh, nothing like that, you know, so uh, <laughs> you just got to keep, you got to keep plowing forward and uh, like I said, mm-hmm. just be a little bit stubborn, man, and and, and uh, let the, as the old saying goes, let the bullets bounce off, you know, just let the, just so let everything bounce off of you and keep going. 
So you was on Cole Swindell's couch. Yeah, we wrote a bunch of songs together. Uh, we were actually, you know, they let me live on their, uh, sleep on their couch for a while, and, wow. and uh, crash, crash with them, and yeah, yeah, he's a good dude. So that's that's pretty mm-hmm. good because you know you you really don't hear stories like that from the big artists out there, and it's really cool when you hear stories like that because you really see where their heart is in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So everybody, everybody, everybody's got a story, especially if you're, if you're chasing a dream. I don't care what that dream is, you know. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a story. You know? mm-hmm. So, yep. And, and that's yep. one of the reasons we launched the Chris and Sandy show is because, um, you know, when we first launched, I wanted thousands of people to do what we do. There's thousands of people in right. people. And I'm like, how can we be? Now, granted, we're a husband and wife team, so of course that already makes us less than one percent of the hosts out there. <laughs> of course, that makes us yeah. right. <laughs> but I wanted something more unique, and I was like, I know, you know, and as I listened to other podcasts out there, I was like, you know what? <clears throat> I know our uniqueness. We're gonna we're gonna give people enough time to tell parts of their story because I I didn't really see that out there. Because mm-hmm. because right. again, if you get 20 minutes on a show. You really can only talk about music then. You just don't have enough mm-hmm. time right. to really dig deep yeah. into people's lives. And I was like, we're going to give them 60, 60. In fact, um, our long, we, we actually had three different people go at 90 minutes, including – and what's funny is Carleen Carter and Jenny Gill both went 90 minutes. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Now, great. Long time to talk. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm not uh, that long-winded. <laughs> uh, most shows go right at 60 Most of our shows yeah, go about I sound like you need to get my grandma on here <laughs> <laughs> So now that we got oh, the struggle side out of the way What are some moments where when you look back You're like wow I got to do that Man uh, I guess I got to meet Merle Haggard You know no uh, He was a big influence of mine And I've gotten to meet, like, I know she's not so much in the country world, but in the pop world, mm-hmm. Cher, you know, got mm-hmm. to hang out with her. Wow. Oh, cool. Um, and stuff like that, man, you know, just like, you kind of don't believe it, even though you're in it, and then you, you kind of <laughs> step away from it, and maybe a, maybe a few months or a year goes by, and you're like, man, I actually done that, you know? So, yeah, man, it's been a lot of, <laughs> been a lot of highs and, and a lot of lows as well, so. And chasing yep. this dream... What's been the most surprising thing to you? Is I'd have to say people sticking with you. You know, mm-hmm. people still believe mm-hmm. in you. You know, it takes a because you can't do it on your own. You know, yeah. I don't hear what anybody says. You have to have those people along the way to help you when you get in those spots where you need help. You know, mm-hmm. so. <clears throat> that's uh people just sticking with you man you know and there's always going to be doubters of course but you can't pay attention to that and you you have to have them too you know as well because yeah. you know mm-hmm. if you don't have anybody to prove wrong then what are you doing it for you know i mean sometimes <laughs> that, that kind of keeps yeah. you moving on you know and, and uh, it i love you stay that, a little bit you know? humble it does it keeps you humble you know you know and uh because, and everything because is, sometimes the don't... doubters may be right and you and you have to question yourself because you're mm-hmm. like Okay, are they right about this one issue? Because you know sometimes right. the critic can be right, and you just need to You're right something. And, and You're sometimes exactly right. and you have they're to take just it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Don't take it to heart. You know what I mean? Yep. I've, you know, I, <clears throat> so I got pretty, I got a pretty thick skin, so I don't want to, I don't take too much, too much stuff hey, to heart like anyway. Us. 
people, you know, people have always been critics of how we live our marriage. And, you know, we, we've been a 24-7 couple since the day we married over 17 years ago. <laughs> and, yeah. and, of course, now, and of course, we have tons of critics over that. But, you know, like you said, you know, if they, if they had real advice, I might would listen. If, they, if they're pouring into right. me, I would listen. But you know, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna listen when I post something on Facebook about something, and someone, not not privately reaches out to me, publicly, says something against what I just posted. Why why would I mm-hmm. listen to that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, if if you're pouring into me, like a mentor type thing, now I'll listen. But right. you know, but if you're not pouring into me. And you just try to shove that I'm wrong, then no, I'm not going to listen. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There's, there's two. There's two sides to every story. You know. And believe me, be I've had some mentors. Them. I've had some mentors say, "Are you sure you're not wanting to be a 24/7 couple for the wrong reasons?" And, and I've questioned that, and I'm like, "Nope. Okay, this is what I feel like we're supposed to do, my wife and I." And <laughs> so, <laughs> it's worked. <laughs> It's, it must be working. We, we're here 17 years later, and the funny thing is, I always oh. joke that she, she um, brainwashed me on this music stuff because before, <laughs> before we, when we first married, I was into, I was, I wanted to be a motivational speaker, and still want to be that. But right now, it's right. not that. But but I wanted to do that, and and I was focused on listening to 24/7 audio stuff. She was right. focused on listening to twenty four seven music stuff. Well, we get married, so some we had to give there, so so, so we started to, so yeah. we kind of compromised and said, we'll listen to fifty percent of audio stuff and fifty percent of music stuff. And I still agree with a lot of the motivation stuff. I still think that people need motivation, but I also now understand the power of music too. Right. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're it can, right. It, it can move you. It can move you. Just, I mean, cause I was one of the people that. Shoot, man, like, back in high school, I used to break up my uh-huh. girlfriend on Friday, so I'd have something to drink about on Friday night. I just. <laughs> 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 you got to listen to the sad songs. I, I love the, the sad songs. The, well, there, there's a song right there, what you just said. That's right. Yeah. That's a country bro- song, bro- anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So what's uh, some of your most favorite venues you've played at? Man, I played uh that Swanee River Jam is, is really cool. They have in uh in North Florida. It's 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 oh it's, it's a really cool event, you know, and I played the, the Key mm. West All Riders Festival and I've uh I played up there in Kansas, uh the football stadium up there. That's probably you know, a couple of years ago. That was really cool. Um yeah, I've I've gotten to play with a, a lot of big acts, you know, and and uh, a lot of, you know, really good venues and stuff like that. I don't know necessarily if I had my favorite. Um, I just like being on the road and seeing new places and, and playing for new people as well, you know. So of the stages that you've um, done, what's been um, the most – what's been the craziest thing that's happened to you and what's been the most embarrassing thing on stage? Oh, man, I don't know if I want to tell that. Uh, well, you got okay. You now. Saying that, I you know. you. I'll, I'll do it, man. I hope, uh, I hope, I hope my, hope my buddy Chase Rice ain't listening. Um, we, uh, yeah. Anyway, my normal band couldn't play the Swanee River Jam last year, so I had to call some of my Kim folks, and I'm gonna say Kim mm-hmm. folks. I'm from Georgia, 
anyway, so my cousin Bo plays uh, the guitar for me. And uh, after the show, it was me, Frankie Ballard, and, and then Chase Rice to close it. And um, he, uh, you know, he might have had a few too many, maybe. You know, feeling pretty good. The crowd was into it. And this was Chase's set, his last set. Chase was playing. So, uh, you know, my cousin takes it upon himself to run out there on stage mm-hmm. with Chase. You know, so it was. Uh, everybody didn't know what was going on. They had security, you know, but it all, it it all turned out right. Chase was like, "Just let him." You know, he's good. He's good. So yeah. anyway, that was that was pretty embarrassing. So I was like, "Man, you can't take family nowhere." So, so what's been like a crazy moment that's happened while on stage? And of course, keep it PG. Uh, crazy moment. Uh, yeah, I, I probably, I couldn't keep it PG, probably, if I, if I said that. Um, you know, there's some, uh, I think, hmm, I'm trying to figure out how to word this, so it sounds, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds okay, you know. Uh, I, can, can I uh, plead the fifth on this one, or skip, skip, hit a, have a skip button? <laughs> <laughs> but it don't have to be. It don't have to be the craziest moment. Just name a moment. Just talk about a moment that's happened that's, that's kind of crazy. Um, well, I'll tell you a good moment, man. There was this uh, this young lady. She had a uh, she had Down syndrome, you know, and mm-hmm. <clears throat> I kept oh, yeah. noticing her off off to the to the side of the stage, and and um, you know, that she kept catching my eye. You know what I mean? And, and she was just yeah. so excited to be there, you know, and then. Anyway, after the after my set, I went over there, you know, and and I probably sat there and talked to him for you know probably a good forty five minutes to an hour and just oh, wow. done all I could, wow. the pictures, you know, sign stuff. Even though I wasn't, I don't mm-hmm. feel like I was anybody, you know, stuff like that. So that was a, you know, that's that's what you'd really do it for, you know. Yeah. Oh yes. Mhm. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah. And perfect time. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to come back and play your song, broke it down, and talk about that. How's that sound? Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. All right, hang on there. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Stop relieving 
house got me thinking, is there anything I could have done different? So I broke it down over a bottle of whiskey, broke it down to a sad old song. Broke it down and it still hadn't hit me, wondering what the hell went wrong. Even broke it down to a total stranger, and he couldn't even tell me why you're Yeah, so it would relate to a lot of people. 
So what is your songwriting process like? What do you go through to get to that point where you're ready to write? Um, I'm usually – I don't have to have a melody. You know, I, I can mm. write, but nine times out of ten, I do come up with a melody or the – and then, you know, or ha- have an idea and put a melody to it, you know, and it just helps with me. It helps the process of the feeling because mm-hmm. I'm a feeling writer, you know, and – and uh, if I had mm-hmm. that melody, melody moves you, so it's easier to put lyrics to a melody than versus the other way for me as a songwriter. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, <clears throat> talking about your feelings, writer. I can I understand that because you know I went through 19 years of addictions and been sober now 12 years, and I really believe that right. someone who's been through addictions they feel more than most people. Oh. You know, because yep. it, you know, addic- addictions change you, and and just life yeah. experiences really. It don't have to be addictions, but you know, what something I've noticed in life is when you know, whether it's addictions, whether it's a huge breakup where you were people were getting married, you know, so, something that happens that that's deep into the soul changes the makeup of the person, and they tend to feel things more. Right. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I grew up, you know, I don't want to go there, but I had a kind of a rough childhood. So I think that's why I kind of lean towards those mm-hmm. songs like the hard age mm-hmm. and break up, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, I mm-hmm. love happy songs, yeah. too, and love, you know, drinking yeah. songs, every, you know. But I personally, you know, like the, the sadder stuff and the, the feeling. Well, it could be sad or happy, just the more feeling behind the emotion, behind the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like, um, and what's so great about the ones that relate to you, like um, Anna Christina Cash did a song called Broken Roses about addictions. And in the song, it talked about, you know, it showed, of course, the couple always fighting and all of that. And then at the very mm-hmm. end, he commits, it shows that he jumps off a bridge and commits suicide. And I'm sitting there like, because I was moved to tears on that one because I was there December 2607. I was ready to take my life because I felt like my wife deserved more and I didn't think I could quit. Right. <laughs> so I was, you know, and that's what I love about what y'all songwriters do is you can move people. And like you said, the feeling songs is what really moves people. Yeah, and they tend to last longer too, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just go back to, just go back to Shenandoah, one of my favorite groups of all time. Mm-hmm. They, Mm-hmm. I mean, their their song will last forever. They just, you know, they're yeah. timeless. The recordings, you know, <coughs> to me, they yeah, are. That's one of Sandy's favorite. Oh, oh yes, yeah. Two Dozen Roses. That's one of my mm. all-time favorite songs. Even their even their know. tempo songs are just classics. You know, will never. Oh, yeah. They will never go out of style. Absolutely. Yeah. So, <coughs> so you know, well, one thing I like to do that a lot of people don't do is, you know. When you, your fans see you, but like you said earlier, it takes a team. And I think sometimes right. fans don't realize that. I like to recognize the team, you know, because they don't get to see the PR company people. They don't get to see any right. managers or any producers. So if you'll take a few minutes just to talk about your team a little bit, what that help you do what you need to do. Man, I've got a manager, um, Brandon Steen, man. He's he's really great. He really – he that's really – that's an art in itself, really, because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm computer illiterate. So, um, 
I don't think I learned how to use a computer until I was 21, 22 anyway. But um, <laughs> he, he knows that world, man. And you got to have somebody who knows that mm-hmm. that world because it's so like all your digital outlets and stuff when it comes to music. And uh, I mean, and just talking to people like your booking agency and, and your publicist and stuff like that. And you got, there's all kind of ways of, of, of money coming in and money going out. And uh, man, you got to have that that guy and really a team that, that knows <laughs> all that stuff because all I want to do is just sing and write songs, you know. I, I think I got the <laughs> part, you know. So um, he's he's really good, and and our publicist Scott Atkins over there, you know, uh, they're they're great and a uh, lot of lot of good hands on stuff as well. So uh, you you have to have those um, those people, you know. You got to have them. yeah. And and because I, I think the people you know because you know you hear people say things like when well, artist just needs a real job, and I cringe when I hear that because you know I always tell people not only do they have a real job because they actually have ten or twenty jobs if they're independent because they're they're having to do it all. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. You know, but don't mm-hmm. tell a job, don't tell an artist that they need a real job because they got something better, a passion that they're living for. Right. Oh, yeah. Because that's I think that's a key. If I, if I had the money, I've been told that I'd be rich by now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that's the key about the passion Because I've got friends of mine I always like to tell this story mm-hmm. on every episode Because I, I want people to hear this closely Don't try to steal the passion from people And here's why I've got friends of mine That are 10 and 15 years in their career And you sit down with them And some of them are miserable Really miserable And you try to find out Because you know, you're like Wow, you got this great lifestyle you got this great um Family, you got this great career, <clears throat> and some right. of them tell you that career is the problem. And you're like, well, you went to you went to what four six years of college for this career? What do you mean that's the problem? Mm-hmm. And then that's the, then when you dig deep, you find out they really did not want that career. They listened to either their parents, their guidance counselors, their friends. Right. This is where the money's at. This is where you need to go. You don't need to do that passion that you have because there's no money there. You need to go over here. Because that's where the right. money's at, and now they're 15 years in their career, and they're miserable. They're they're drinking up their life. They're um, destroying their family, all because they didn't follow where their heart was. You have to you have yeah. to do that, man. You gotta. Well, I mean, it's easier said than done, but you gotta. I don't know. I just I didn't want. Not that there's anything wrong with the, you know, everyday. Um, mm-hmm. Working nine to five, you know, that's great. I mean, I've done it. I've had to do it to get to where I am. It was short term for me. You know what I mean? I wanted yeah. to do music, yeah, exactly. and it's, it's, you know, so. But, I mean, I commend those people who you know do that because I mean, I, if I wasn't doing music, I'd probably farming or something of that nature. <laughs> you know, yeah. And um, it's hard work, you know. Yeah. You know, I've worked on a cotton peanut, corn. I've cut tobacco. You know, that's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, cutting the back, yeah. you know, and uh, I'd make a man out of you <laughs> quick. <laughs> so, but, I, um, but yeah, that, that's like sometimes when um, sometimes I get frustrated about things just not moving fast enough for me. I I get frustrated and Sandy has to pull me off the cliff because I'm ready to just quit. Right. <laughs> I'm just, right. you know, just it gets so frustrating. And, and then I end up saying something stupid like, well, I'll just go get a regular job, what what people would call a real job. And, and right. Sandy would kind of look at me like, 
um, well, you haven't done that in 17 years. Are you really going to start now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, right. okay, you're right. No, I'm not. Yeah, I, you know, because we've always done like side gigs and, and whatever it took to keep us afloat to try to build some vision for a, a legacy for us. You know, right? <laughs> we're still right. Good. we're still here. You know, I, I haven't right. had a regular yeah. job in probably 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great, man. That's awesome. Well, I'm gonna have to but, jump off here in just a second. I got my wife, my little girl with me. They're ready to get on the road, so I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to get off here. Well, let let me let our eight year old ask one last question for you. Yeah. How's that? Okay. Because we always have him come on and ask one question. All right. Because <laughs> we are a family affair. <laughs> yes, uh, here's here's Christopher. Hi, Brian. What's your favorite food? Say that for me again, buddy. Uh, hi, Brian. What's your favorite food? So, what's your favorite food? What's my favorite food, man? I am a meat and three, probably cube steak. Love it. <laughs> Old fashioned. <laughs> what is yours, old Chris? Pizza. He pizza. loves pizza. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> he comes and goes as fast as he could go. <laughs> he does. He loves to be part of it, though. <laughs> that's awesome. But since you got to go, you know, we enjoyed it. Like I said, we we had about we 20 did. more minutes of questions, but that's okay. You know, go enjoy your family. We understand. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Y'all have me on here. And, uh, yeah, just uh, any time, man. Just, uh, just. We'll we'll do this again. That was fun. Oh, <laughs> right. glad tell to everybody hear how that. they can reach you. Do what now? So tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, I got Instagram. It's at Brian underscore Callahan, and then uh, Facebook is at Brian Callahan Music. It's got a lot of stuff on there, and then we're on YouTube as well. Um, Brian Callahan Music, and uh, I believe they posted the video on there yesterday. Who broke it yeah. down we and it's all over it. it's, it's yeah, on we the Facebook it. music page as well. Mhm. Yeah, it was really good. Yes. I really appreciate it, man. It was it was something different. It was uh it was a little out of the box for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh mm-hmm. so I think it I think it turned out per you know, pretty good for what we were limited to to do. Because we done it, you know, everything was kinda of quarantined, stuff like that, so we were just kinda of confined in one little area. So we you know, I think it mm-hmm. turned out great for that for what we you know could do yep so yep. Well, we definitely we're um, definitely glad to have you on today and we look forward to having you back down the road i really appreciate y'all thank y'all okay oh, you have thank a great you. day Thanks. Uh, bye. See y'all. bye bye